Welcome to Never Just a Dog. I'm your host, John Littlefair. And in this episode, I sit down with Australian freestyle motocross star, Braden Davies. He shares his story about love and loss with his beautiful dog, Attila. Because you were, um, were you overseas when it started, when COVID started to break? Were you? Man, I was in Wuhan on the, I think it was like the 19th of December in like 2019. So like, we were like in the city centre doing a show there for some car racing event. But we were, yeah, we were pretty much there. No, no talks of COVID, nothing. And then we got home and then I think it was like January or February. It was like, oh, this virus from Wuhan. And we were just like, shit, we were just there, like. That's, That's crazy, yeah. man. So you just escaped straight out of the, yeah, the window. Yeah, just no, in, no talks there was no talk. Like obviously, yeah, there must have been something because everyone was saying, "Oh, you know," like it took a while for everyone to talk about it. But when we were in, we were in the center of Wuhan. There was no one said no, anything about it. So. Oh, that's crazy. So you were, um, were you performing over there? Yeah, yeah, we we're doing a show there for. Um, oh man, I've done. I'm trying to think what it was for. It was it was it was a pretty awesome show. We we're in some stadium, like pretty cool big stadium. That was like, yeah, like um, I think it was like some like it's like like a sports car like race event that was through the city and stuff. It was really cool. Like they shut down like half the city and they were just racing cars through the city and yeah. And then we were jumping in this stadium and it was it's funny, man. This show is really weird because the um the crowd we were like wow this crowd's massive and then they were like it, it was it was for um it was all for tv and that and then they said like the chinese guys were like yeah the crowd's paid like they're paid to be there to look like crowd we were like yeah right so like they were paid to be there just as spectators just so it looks good on tv that's crazy yeah so they actually didn't pay to be there or anything oh no so you would have thought they're all here to see you yeah. and that they were there yeah, for the renter crowd paid. yeah yeah they're pretty much renter crowd man yeah we were just like yeah right and there was like packed it was you know i was like this is weird we didn't know that until after the first second show and we we're like yeah right they were, they were stoked, obviously, because they're getting a free show and getting paid. So it's like they were amped to be there, but it was just weird because they were being paid to be there, you know? Like, so that was being shown, like, on Chinese TV? Yeah, from CCTV, I think it's called, like the yeah. biggest Chinese television um, channel over there, yeah. yeah. Oh, mate. Yeah. So you've got a big fan base in uh, China? Yeah, I don't know if it's – yeah, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe TikTok or something. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Braden, how did you get into – what what was your journey of getting into freestyle motocross riding? What what made you decide to go down this crazy, amazing path? Yeah. And well done, and thank you that you have because yeah. you're pretty awesome to watch live. Thanks, man. Um, yes, yeah, it's, it's a long story, but I'll cut it short, I guess. Um, yeah, I obviously got like a bike when I was younger. Um, I was lucky enough. My I think my pop gave it to my mum and dad or something like that. And Pee Wee Fifty, I was like four or five, and I used to love that thing. I was ripping around on it. And then obviously, I grew out of it. And then I didn't have a motorbike for ages. And then I'm pretty sure my mom and my dad was just like, oh, oh I think it was more so my mom was like, oh, you got to, you know, your sister's riding horses, ride some horses. And I was like, I don't want to ride horses. Like, I'm a dude. Like, I don't really want to ride. I want to ride motorbikes, you know. And then it wasn't until I think I was like 12 or 13 or something like that, I was lucky enough to get another motorbike and sort of ripped around. And my parents, you know, didn't really have enough money to, uh, you know, get me into racing, which is fair enough because it's expe- it's an expensive sport. Racing's dear, man. It's so expensive. So I was just like, I wasn't I wasn't bummed about it because, like, I just used to watch all the Krusty Demons movies and stuff. So I was just like, well, I don't care about racing anyway. I just want to go and ride and jump, do jumps and stuff. So, yeah, and then I sort of, towards in high school, doing a bit of that. But then I was into Muay Thai as well. So a best mate of mine, his dad owned a gym. So 
I was training Muay Thai a fair bit as well and so I sort of lost interest in riding a little bit and was, you know, into Muay Thai. So it gave me a break from riding. And then I think once I left high school, I met a couple of mates that were sort of, you know, really into it. And, yeah, one thing led to another. I started practicing more and um, started my apprenticeship and didn't didn't want to work. So I was just like, oh, I'll just knock off early or sometimes call sick and then just go and ride. So, um, yeah, and then got to a point where, you know, you love it that much, you do everything for it and then... Get, getting some shows and one thing led to another, learned how to backflip and then it just got to a point where it's like, yeah, this is what I do now. It's a full-time gig. What's the process of going, right, I want to do a backflip on a motorbike? And, and how high are you in the air on most of your jumps? Is it like in feet-wise? Is uh, it? I think it's like, well, obviously, depending on the ramps and like different jumps, but our standard ramps, like 75-foot gap, I think you go about like 35-foot or 40-foot high or something. But like when you practice, like learn how to backflip, you obviously don't backflip that gap. You can backflip smaller gaps and smaller ramps. So, but yeah, I just learnt it sort of into a big foam pit sort of thing, and it sounds fun and it sounds soft, but it's not. Oh man, it's, it's I've, I've seen you. I've seen what you do, and it's like oh, I think I'm pretty happy just standing on the other yeah, side of the fence. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like that for me. Like watching other people ride, I'm like, oh, I think I'd just rather ride myself. You know yeah, I, mean? you get ner- I get nervous watching other guys ride sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, it's all good. So have you, um, you've done some work with the uh, Krusty Demons as well? Yeah, yeah. So we did like, uh, we did like sort of a tour for Krusty's, uh, when was it? I think it was, 2000, it was 2019 actually, before this COVID stuff kicked off. Um, yeah, it was sort of not kicked off as what it used to be back in the day. It was a different owner running it and, you know, same, a few of the same riders and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it was it was pretty cool. We made some good money and had had some good times and some good laughs. So it was good, yeah. Awesome, mate. I've got to ask: worst two injuries you've had when um all the training? Um, like man, I've been pretty lucky. I try to I try to manifest, you know, to be healthy and fit all the time. So um, yeah, it's I do what I can. But obviously, man, I've had like the my just recent sort of like niggling injuries have just been my shoulders. Did the Freestyle Kings um, tour earlier this year, and um, yeah, my first practice ride, like, because I had a bit bit of time off, um, obviously with all this COVID stuff, haven't been riding, haven't really been doing too much, but yeah, sort of first proper ride um, in Newcastle, actually, it was my practice, yeah, I went to do a ruler flip, so like, where you step off underneath the bike and look through and then get back on, I literally stepped off, looked through, my left shoulder just goes, dunk dislocated wow like upside down just thinking oh all right um yeah sort of yeah managed to get myself back on landed sort of one arm off and then rode and just dropped my bike and yeah as i think when i pulled myself back on it sort of like sublux so it pulled itself back in again but it was just like obviously i've dislocated my shoulder a few times it just goes dead you know that was sucks because uh that was a first first stop of the tour so the rest of the tour i was just held together with with rock tape yeah, okay. So you yeah. still you still continued on and um... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, still got it done. So thanks to the physio that, you know, strapped strapped me together. I was lucky because I was bummed, man. I was like, no way. Like I don't want to miss this whole tour because of because of this. So I'd just be able to not ride to my full potential, but yeah, got the, got the rock tape on and then, you know, when you're when you got your game face on, you don't really feel too much, so it's cool. Feel bad. I'm not even oh, I was going to tell you a story. I dislocated playing football my shoulder but in and out, not yeah, a bad yeah. one. 
Um, but when you're like 30 feet in the air, I think you win, mate. I'm, I'm... You can just dislocate your shoulder oh. no matter what. It's just a shitty injury, you know. It's like the it's, worst, it's isn't horrible. it? Or forever have issues, you know. Yeah, once you get that stretching tendons and whatever yeah, in there, it's, it's like, like ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Frustrating, eh? At least yeah. with a broken bone, it's like most of the time it's like broken, six weeks, all right, you're good to go. Yep. You know? Where something like that's just like going on and on and on. You're just like, man. Tell me about your dog. Tell me about Attila. How did oh. he come into your life? Man, Attila. I miss that guy. Um, yeah. I always really, really sort of wanted a dog. I've, I love big dogs. You know, I, I love all dogs. I don't just love big dogs, but big dogs are my favorite. And, um, yeah, I knew this guy, and he was a breeder for Cane Corsos. I didn't really know what a Cane Corso was, um, but I sort of, like, did a bit of research, and I, like, looked into him. I'm like, yeah, these dogs are these dogs are cool. Like, you know, they look really cool. And, and I've always loved Mastiffs anyway, just the, the super gentle nature. And um, so, yeah, and um, I met uh, the guy that I knew. Um, he was just like, oh, listen, like, you know, it's a bit of a bit of a waiting list to get 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 one but um we've got this this guy and he's already named he's called Attila and I was like no way like that's one of my favorite band names and he's just like he's like I've got I don't really want to give him up but um you know uh, if you want to if you want to get him you can and I was just like yeah I and I didn't even have a name you know thinking like oh if I get one like I'll 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 name him this I just didn't even have any idea so I was like oh it's fitting you know yeah so when was that? How long ago did you get him? And and how Man. was he like a a big puppy when you got him? He was huge. Was he? Yeah, he was huge. Um, I'm trying to think with the year, man. The last like six six years it haven't been a blur, but I mean, like it's trying to. It's been so busy. I'm trying to pinpoint what year it was that I even got him. Maybe 2014 or 15 or something like that. 14 maybe. But yeah, he was huge. Like he wasn't like. Uh, he wasn't like 12 or 13 weeks when we got him. I think he was about 16 weeks, maybe. Yeah, and he was like, I think when we picked him up, he was like 16 kilos or something already. Oh, wow. Yeah, he was huge. I haven't got my phone on me, but there's a photo of him and he's just like <laughs> stocky as, yeah. I, I don't think I realized how big he was actually going to get. Yeah. Because I yeah. remember driving him home. He was like sitting on the center console of my van and he was just like all wrapped up. And I'm like, oh, look how small he is and cute he is. And then it's like literally like a year and a half later, I couldn't even pick him up. Like, yeah, but he just had like these massive paws. Yeah, just okay. Huge paws. I'm like, yeah, he's going to be big. He's going to grow into those paws. Yeah, that's always the worst yeah. sign. I've seen photos of Attila. Yeah. He's huge. Yeah, he was big, man. Yeah, he was like, he was different too because like the Cane Corsos from like all the other photos and like, when we picked him up, I met his met his um, I met his mum, I think, because his dad was in Serbia. I'm pretty sure they sent like the semen over and bred him here. So okay. I, I never met his dad, but I met his mum. I'm pretty sure, yeah. And I just they look like a real athletic sort of dog. And then Attila was far from athletic. You know? He was just like he was just like a black like a like a big brown bear. You know, I was just like, yeah. couldn't get couldn't jump up into the van or anything. I had to pick him up. So. Yeah, he might have uh, thought, right, I'm going to try this guy on, try my dad on. Yeah, yeah. Sort of worked it out. Yeah, he worked it like, out. You know I don't need to lift a paw. I don't need to do anything. For me. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me some of your favourite memories of Attila. Tell me some stories. Yeah, oh, I've got so many, eh? Like, I don't know where to start. It's sort of one of those things where, like, it sounds bad. Like, I try not to think back all the time about, you know, having him, you know, because it's like, I don't know, I'm just sort of like one of those persons that people, sorry, people that sort of like always looking, you know, ready for the, ready to tackle the world and sort of try not to look back on my past too much. But man, like, yeah, he, 
He was such a funny dog. Like, And it was funny because when I brought him up, you'd think he'd be so cool with motorbikes being around me. But when I got him, I was just sort of overriding. And the, like, the first seven months of having him, I had never, I didn't ride. So it got to a point where I'd take him to a show and he just wanted to rip my tire off my bike because he was like, what, you know, what is this thing? So, <laughs> yeah, it's funny, man. I was just like, everyone's like, well, he doesn't like motorbikes. I'm like, yeah, I know, it's weird. <laughs> he just hated bikes. Hated bikes. Yeah, hated bikes, man, yeah. Okay, leave the bike in the shed. Yeah, I just, yeah, he did love going for walks though and, um, man, he'd slobber so much. So I remember just like walking into the house and like looking on the ceiling and be like, what is that? And I'd be like, look a bit closer. I'm like, oh, he's gone and had a drink of water and come inside and decided to do his shake and got slobber on the roof. Oh, that's a serious projectile right oh, there. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. Funniest thing he ever did, apart from trying to uh, eat your motorbike and put slobber on the roof. Funniest thing he did, man. Um, oh, dude. <laughs> I reckon he used, he used to, because um, I was living with a mate of mine, Marley, like my best mate, and... um. I reckon he, he, Marley and Attila, Attila had like a love-hate relationship, you know, like Attila would get up, I'd have to try and drag him off the bed actually to get up in the morning. Oh, he, he slept on the bed? Yeah, he slept on the bed. Yeah, yeah. good work. Yeah, good not work. that I have much room, but um, I'd drag him <laughs> off the bed, get up in the morning and then, but sometimes he'd get up a bit early, go down, grab a drink of water and go into Marley's room to see if Marley was awake. If Marley was awake or not, he'd sort of go in there, realise that his bed's pretty low and he'd just walk in and just go from one end to the other and just slide his lips and slobber all down the side of his bed. And all I'd hear in the morning was, Attila, get out of my room. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just gone in there and just made a mess and then walked out. I think they, he must he must have been a comedian in a former oh, life or something. Yeah, for, yeah, 100%. He just knew how to like, you know, but yeah. Obviously all, lap, all do, big dogs being big dogs is... Thought he was a lap dog the whole time. So I got a photo somewhere. I've got like, I think I had a broken ankle and I've got crutches. I'm sitting on the couch and Attila's just got like his whole 60 kilos sitting on me. And I'm just like, thanks, buddy. You're not a little dog. He, no. Here's a photo of a little dog, Attila. Yeah. This is like, you know, you can sit next to me, but yeah. what the hell? Yeah. So how how heavy was he when he... Um... Think, yeah, he was like, I think he was like about 60 kilos, like borderlining 60 kilos, yeah. About your fighting weight. No, you'd be a bit more than that. You've no, got a ton no. of muscle on you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 60 kilos. Wow, that's four. Yeah, it's pretty big. I forgot how big he was until, like, maybe we'd take him down to the park or take him down to go get a coffee, and everyone would be like, Jesus, so big. And I'm like, yeah, is he? You know? Like, is he that big? And then and then maybe I'd compare him to, like, I don't know, Roddy or something. I'm like, yeah, all right, yeah, he's pretty big. Yeah. <laughs> Did he get on well with other dogs? Yeah, he loved other dogs. He loved it. And, and that was one thing. I remember when I growing up as a kid, we had like a Roddy cross Doberman and she was a lovely dog, but because she was so isolated at home and didn't see other dogs, she hated other dogs. And I remember just thinking like, you know what? Like I want, I want to have a dog that I can take anywhere, uh, especially being a big dog, you know. I didn't want it to be, you know, trying to hold on to him if he's seen another dog. So I made it a thing when I got him – and probably people would be like, you need to put your dog on a leash. And I understand that. But when I had him as a puppy, I refused to put him on a leash. It was always, come here. And it would always listen to me all, all the time. So I'd go down to the park and not have him on a leash. And people would be like, put your bloody dog on a leash. And I'm like, he's fine. Like, <laughs> and it's a dog park. So yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I was yeah. like, he's fine. He's going to, you know. And you know, other dogs would maybe run up to him. And, and the biggest one would be like, he'd see another dog. And he'd just start galloping towards him. And you can just see the face on the dog owner and the other dog just going, oh, shit. 
And then I'd just laugh because I just, he would never hurt a soul, another dog, you know. He just wanted to say hello. He just wanted to play. Just they would freak out and they're like, oh my God. And I'm like, he's fine. Like, don't worry about it. You know, he loved other dogs. Take him down to the dog beach. He'd just love it. Actually, I have got one funny story. Far away, mate. Um, just <laughs> so I was at my mate's place, um, Ben, and um, he uh, he just put this from memory, doing something. He just put a new, he had a pool, putting, just putting concrete around his pool. Anyway, I was just chilling at his house and I'm, um, he has a dog called Bear. He's a lovely, um, he's like a silver Kelpie. And um, Bear and Attila used to be really good mates. And um, we were sitting around the pool. And Attila could swim, but not very well. You know, he'd been pretty heavy. I, I, actually, I don't even know if he could swim. I remember just going to the beach and he'd be sort of like the water, but I'd never actually seen him swim. And then he's sort of like gone up to the water's edge in the pool. And I said, come on, come back here. Next thing you know, he just took a dive into this pool. And I've just sort of... I waited for a second. I was like, oh, it's all right. He'll, he'll be right. Next, he, was, he, he wasn't swimming. He was just started sinking. Oh, wow. Like, oh, no. I was like, no way. My mate Ben Panic. was like, oh, shit. And I just remember being like, I was fully clothed. And I was just like, oh, I didn't have to jump in the whole way, but I jumped in and got wet and had to. Had to save him, you know, and I was just like, "Come on, <laughs> what are you doing? You know, you can't swim." But yeah, I was yeah straight to the bottom, yeah, guy. This is like, it. Oh no, he's not swimming. At the dog beach, did he go into the water as well? Um, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He'd like the water. He wouldn't swim, but he'd just walk but in. He'd the... like walk in. Yeah, yeah just yeah. enough so it'd be a pain to wash him. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy how some dogs are so different, eh? Yeah, There's, they've just got each, their own each personality. Yeah, crazy. So it's like humans, I guess, different in every certain way. What happened with the tiller in the end, mate? Man, it was yeah, it was so weird. And I take it for me, I just take it as a sign. In you know a certain part time of my life, I think that needed to change. And yeah, it was um, sort of weird, I guess. I was riding. I was riding a. Sh- Nitro in in Bunbury, Nitro Circus in Bunbury. We're doing the show down there, and he'd get um. Ever since we got him, he'd always have like a few sort of like stomach issues, and we I was always taking him to the vet, like always taking him to the vet, like you know, tell me what's wrong because he's you know he'll throw up or he can't stomach this, he's allergic to this, and so I you know I'd just take him to the vet and be like you know sort it sort it out. I don't care how much money it takes, just I want him to just be healthy, you know, I want him to be able to eat this and eat that without being crook. And it got to a point where, like, I was taking him to the vet and the vet was just like, oh, he's allergic to this. You need to buy these dog biscuits. And it's like 90 bucks for, like, a bag this big. I'm like, it's going to last him a day. Like, you're telling me, like, it's more expensive to feed a human. Uh, More expensive to feed him than a human, you know. Like, I was just like, whatever, you know. I'd I'd pay for it. I don't care. I just wanted him to be healthy. But, um, yeah. So, it always sort of bit sick. And then at the time, I was down in um, Bunbury um, riding Nitro and... uh, we finished up, it was all good, and then um, my ex-girlfriend at the time rang me. She's like, hey, like, Attila's, Attila's a bit sick, you know? And I said, oh, well, you know, he's always sick. And she's like, yeah, well, I said, oh, if he's sick in the morning still, we'll take him to the vet. I said, I'll be back in the morning. Yeah, all good. That night went past, all good. Woke up in the morning. I was up pretty early because I was going to cruise home anyway. And um, yeah, she rang me again in the morning crying like Attila's Attila's sick he's not moving and I was sort of like that's a bit weird you know like like he's usually you know usually gets up whatever and she's like you know get home as soon as you can so you know I did I was on my way home and she rang me again she's like he's he's really crook he can't move you know like like I don't think he's well at all 
And I was sort of like, I don't know what to do. Like, I'm like, I'm an hour away still. Um, my mate Callum like lived down the road. My other mates at the time weren't home, so and I thought I knew Callum was home. I said, just I'll ring Callum, or you ring Callum, just get him to come around and help. She needed help to put him into the car because he's so heavy, you know, and he wasn't moving. So it's like she couldn't lift a full, you know, just the weight weight of him. Um, so yeah, he yeah he came over and tried to get him in the car pretty much and she just stayed on the phone to me just said like yeah all good like you know we're taking him to the vet pretty much as he from what I from what I was told as she got to the vet she got him out to the vet and they pretty much pronounced him dead and she's just told me on the phone I didn't even know what to say or how to react I was just like you know like uh yeah I just didn't know how to react man because he was my everything so yeah and then I'd have said, like, obviously, I was pretty distraught from it. I said, tell the vet, I don't care how much it costs. Like, I'll just pay for it. What needs to be done, whatever needs to be done, needs to be done. Just just do it. And then she was just like, nah, like, they can't, you know, he's, he's dead. I said, well, what, you know, I, I wanted to know all the answers. I said, what from? You know, like, I'm happy to pay the autopsy. I just want to know why, you know. And then, yeah, so obviously, once that all happened, um, yeah, I got the autopsy back and, um he his cause of death was from a twisted spleen, which is like I then spoke to the you know the guy that we got Attila from, who's obviously you know bred so many cane corsos and stuff like that, and he's never heard of that happening to any of his dogs or anyone else that he knows. And even the vet was like, "This is such a rare occurrence." Because I was more so worried about bloat. You know, obviously big dogs get bloat, so I was just like you know, it must be bloat because we were always thinking like, well, oh, should we get the surgery or always careful of how he is and, you know, running after having a big feed or whatever. So I was thinking it was bloat, you know, and then, yeah, and then she said, oh, twisted spleen, like that's what it caused. I was like, twisted spleen, like, is there any way to prevent that? She's like, no, it was just a, just a freak accident and, you know, we couldn't really do it. You couldn't do anything to prevent it. And I was just like, well, what do you do? You know, it is what it is, like... I just took it as a sign and, you know, move on with your life, I guess. And, and it upset me because I was, like, just hoping that um, that wasn't hadn't been causing him pain, you know? Like, I hadn't I hope that all those stomach issues and stuff wasn't all because of the twisted spleen, you know? Like, if that was just a reoccurring thing, you know? So, soon see. Yeah. Like... Oh, man, that just sucks. Yeah. How old was Attila? Was he... And he was... He, I think he was he just turned three. Well, he's still a baby. Yeah, he was still a baby. I don't even think he was like fully grown yet, you know. So, and that's why I, I, it destroyed me, you know. Like it destroyed me because, like, you know, we'd you know, like we knew obviously being a big dog, he wasn't going to be around forever, you know. And I remember we'd just say like, you know, Tiller's going to be here forever, you know, you know. But and then it's like, you know, it's like. If he had lived the 10 years or whatever, I could look back and be like, you know what, he lived a pretty cool life, you know, a long life. But he didn't. He was only three. So I just know that he, for the three years that he was here, he lived the best three years I think any dog could have lived. So, you know, I'm ha- I'm happy for him, yeah. So how was the time after? Obviously, it would have been just terrible for him, man, like losing yeah. Tiller, the, like the days after, the weeks after. Yeah, well, man, it was like... I had like two of my mates living with me at the time as well. And um, Attila, you know, as much as he was my dog, like my mates were living with me, you know, 
um, when I got him. So he was their dog just as much, you know, they'd care for him and love him, I'm sure, just as much as what I did. And so did my ex-girlfriend, you know. Um, so he was so, so loved. And um, the the hard, one of the hardest things I had to do was um, my good mate, Sean, he, um, he crashed his dirt bike. I had a really freak accident and he was in hospital. He was in hospital for about a week, week and a half. Obviously, had to have his surgery on his leg and his arm. And um, and when it happened, he was in hospital. And um, he was due to come home. And I rang him and I just said, like, listen, man, um, I was going to tell you something before he come home because he was assumed coming home to Attila, you know. And he was excited to see him because he'd been away for so long. And I broke down crying. I was like, man, Attila's not here anymore. Um, he's, he couldn't wrap his head around it. I said, yeah, he and I had to explain what happened. And, um, yeah, he was obviously just struck from it as well. And, um, yeah, just, yeah, this is so hard, man, to, to like, yeah. Well, my ex-girlfriend got him cremated. Um, yeah, it was a while, while after Attila passed, uh, me and my ex-girlfriend separated. Um, and, you know, it was like a, it was a fine breakup. I just said, listen, like, you know, you obviously you, you loved him a lot as well you know you can you you can just take the cremations and and all that sort of stuff i've got just on my car keys his dog tag attila uh, that i got made at bunnings when i first got him so that that's enough for me and uh, a good mate of my one of my good mates that was tattooing me at the time tattooed um, a portrait of him on my leg and you know what i'm covered in tattoos and that's my favorite tattoo still to this day so that's my that's my little um you know moment like sentimental thing for him and that that's all I need yeah was there anything that um over that time I mean obviously losing a dog's just sucks doesn't it yeah you know yeah yeah just sucks did um was there anything that that helped or was it a, just a time thing or did you mm. focus yourself back into um motorbot riding or work or yeah, um, like, yeah, it's one of those things, I guess, where I'm sort of one of those people that just, if, if you have a, if that's an issue, I just move on, just try not to think about it, which is probably not the best thing to do. But I would, there'd be some days in the car, I'd be driving, I'd just sort of break down crying. You know, I'm not someone that cries, so I was just broke down crying and I just accepted the fact that I was sad and I missed him and it's how it was. And ever since he's passed, I've either had a, that sort of similar um, photo of him on my leg like that I've got tattooed, I've had a similar photo like that either on my helmet or I've got him on my fuel tank on my bike still. I don't know if you might have seen it. There's like a little there's a sticker on my helmet or on top of my helmet or there's a little sticker on my fuel tank of just his face. So every bike I've had has always had him on there since. So You know what? I have I have seen that and yeah. I didn't pick it up yeah. because, you know, we're always racing around or whatever and I, I, yeah. I haven't looked closely. Yeah. At your bike and yeah. knowing it now, yeah, yeah and, and on your helmet, yeah, and it's cool. Like especially the one on my helmet, I could I couldn't really see it that often. Obviously, you know, obviously if I put my helmet on, I'll look at it. But now the one I got on my fuel tank on my bike at the moment, I look at it every time I go to ride, and I know he's with me. So it's just like, you know, it's cool. Like yeah, I don't even think about putting him on there. I think my guy at West Effects, Corey, he just puts him on there because he knows I always have him on there. You know, it's cool. That is, I've never heard of that tribute ever. Yeah. So for your Attila, you've got him with you on your bike. So yeah, when you go out and do and ride and, yeah. and do your jumps and your yeah, crazy yeah. backflips and yeah. stuff, he's there with you. Yeah, always, yeah. Uh, I think Corey at West Effects, he, he sort of did it all the time because I used to bring Attila into his shop all the time, you know, and lay it down and 
chew chew some of his old papers of the stickers and stuff. So like Corey, it made a big impact on Corey as well. So the impact of a loss just through all of your friend group because if he's with you all the time, you'd be just you come together, you yeah. know. Yeah, and I think I think that's why I sort of like I it didn't and I, I never was didn't sort of let it ruin me or destruct me, you know, losing him because I think it's you know life is obviously a big. You know, I loved him so much, but I couldn't let my whole, you know, life path change because of that. So, and then, and yeah, that's why I said I just looked at as a sign. And I think since he passed, I've had like the busiest career traveling the world since, you know, I think that's just a sign, you know, like I was so hard to sort of, like when I had Attila, I was away for six months living in China. So like that was hard enough, you know, and that was, he only lived for three years. So I was away for six months of it, you know, so it was hard. Is there plans to obviously during um, sorry after COVID is to travel back overseas and um, compete and tour and do exhibitions with the uh, freestyle motocross? Yeah, for sure, man. Um, so like I've had like a bit of like a I don't know, epiphany, I guess you could call it, but it's a bit of a thing. Like I've I've just lived and breathed freestyle motocross since I was you know pretty young and. I've gotten to a point now, like I'm 27, I think. Yeah, 27. Oh, you're you're really old, mate. Yeah, <laughs> I've just I, there's so much I enjoy doing in life. You know, I've been you know I love I love training. I love training Muay Thai. I love training CrossFit. Um, I like you know doing stunt riding on my Harley. I love freestyle. You know, I, I love so much stuff. And I think I've gotten to a point now where like instead of just me always focusing, looking for the next best thing, like I'll just like try and be present and enjoy what I've got going on. And for me, I, I want to travel still. I want to, you know, do that stuff. But for me, competing in some sort of sense, like I've sort of just taken a step back in some in some way. Like I don't want to be the next next best rider in the world. Like I'm happy. I want to have fun. I want to enjoy the journey. You know, I want to just really, you know, enjoy traveling the world and, and stuff like that and not just be focusing on just being the best rider ever. I just want to be so... Like, yeah, I plan on traveling still when COVID lifts and, and you know, riding a couple of different sh- um, shows, but more so not just living and breathing it and, and just putting all my time and effort into just train, 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 train. Like, I want to do all this other different stuff as well. And I think just having balance, it's a big thing in life, you know, just having balance of the things that you love doing as well as other things that you love doing and not just putting all your eggs in the one basket, you know. Do you ever ever think that one day you'll uh, begin a new dog journey? I, I've thought of, I've thought about it as well, and you know my current girlfriend as well. Like, really is keen to get a to get a dog, and I'd love to get a dog with her. And but you know she is so she's I, I think more so more driven than me, which is inspiring for me. You know because I, you know she wants to achieve so much, and you know I still got a lot to achieve. And we both have a you know a good sort of mindset of thinking like let's achieve what we both want to achieve let's help each other grow and do that sort of thing and when the time's right the time's right we'll get another dog and we you know we both want to travel as well a lot and I think once I've finished traveling so much then I want to put time into getting another dog with us both you know I think it's just unfair if I was to get a dog now and then COVID lifts and I'm like all right well you know maybe here dad here mom can you look after my dog it's like it's not fair you know um, yeah, definitely keen to get another dog. I don't know. We've we've spoken about maybe what sort of dog we want to get. I have sort of no real sort of idea. She's got a few ideas. I've yeah, like 
I'd you know I don't want to I don't want to like I love cane corsos, but I don't want to replace Attila. You know, never. You can never. That's a journey that's always there, mate. Yeah. That's never gone. It's just a a beginning of a brand new journey. Exactly. That adds to your yep. life and your dogs. Yep. What you've told me about big dogs, I'm thinking Chihuahua. <laughs> <laughs> Marley, Mar- Marley would uh, love that. He he loves Chihuahuas. He's always said like, oh, we should get we should get uh, Attila a friend, a Chihuahua. And I'm like. If you want to. Yeah, I'll probably another big dog, maybe. I love, like, Doe de Bordeaux. They're pretty cool. Um, we're actually, me and Talia were talking about um, even, like, a Doberman, like a Pureman, pretty cool. Like, no, I like dogs that not everyone's got, you know. Yeah, Something okay. different. But, um, yeah, see what happens, I guess. Hey, thanks for coming in today and, and chatting and all the best with uh, the motorbike and and keeping your balance and competing and or just doing exhibitions so thanks so much mate for coming in and sharing yeah, thanks man i appreciate you having having me on here you know we've been mates for years now we've um obviously traveled a lot of australia together and done a heap of stuff so it's been awesome to come on your show and you know talk about my experience with attila i haven't really opened up sort of about all that sort of stuff so yeah i appreciate it man mm-hmm.